Yeah, he's a very young man. Good for you, Dixie. Not bad dating a 19-year-old. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a victim. You are. <laughs> you are a victim. I'd give you a hotline, but I don't care about you. Ladies and gentlemen, straight from the straight red plex. Oh, I like that. Why haven't we done that this whole time? This is Straight Red. I am your host, <laughs> Jeff Ross, and with me, as always, yeah. Ohio State Buckeyes oh, mega fan, no. Alex S. Kibler. Ugh. Alex, I thought you were a Virginia Tech Dude, man. What happened? There. What happened? There. You gave up on there. the Hokies? You're going to the Buckeyes? That seems like a bizarre shift. There is a... F- you gave up on Blacksburg and went to Columbus. Why? Listen. You said, I need that horseshoe stadium. That's what I want. Isn't Columbus like a German thing? Don't they have Germans there? All of America has Germans. No, but there's a big German community in, in uh, Columbus, right? Am I just making that up? You might be making it up, but Columbus is the capital of Ohio. It is. Not to be confused with Cleveland or Cincinnati. Both I... sea cities in Ohio. They like C a lot, apparently. Oh, Akron slips by. Yeah, uh, unnoticed. Um, I was there, Jeff. I was at the game, the Virginia Tech-Ohio State game. And, you know, for, for a minute there, we were, I felt it. I thought we were, I thought we were there, man. We you led at the half. You were great at believing in delusions. Yeah, I, I mean, this is, I'm, I believe that this uh, podcast is going to give me a career in soccer journalism. Nice. <laughs> you must have been a lovely child. Uh, I like to think so. Well, I'll ask Frank about it. Fair enough. But no, dude, I, you know, there's a lot of, and like, there's a lot of, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? I don't know. I'm literally lost. There's, uh, no, I don't know where I am. You can draw, you, Am draw I in a them, hallway? But you draw them between two things. There's a lot of lines. No. Connections. There's a better way to say that. Similarities. Je ne sais quoi. Whatever. What are you trying to do here? I don't know. You're trying to draw something. Why are you drawing lines? What you, what of, you, explain to me a, what you what you want to say. There are a lot of comparisons that you can draw between being an NYCFC fan and a Virginia, a Virginia Tech fan. There really are. What was wrong with the word comparisons? They, there's nothing. I I settled on that word. It's good. <laughs> uh, it, it's you know you, you, so much hope, so little result. Uh, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But no, man, we were there. We were in it. We were in it. It was exciting, though. I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm sure it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, in college football, there's two halves. There, that's, that's what true. got you. That's perfectly true. Yes. That's what got you. There's a second half. Yeah, we, we sort of left that part out. That happens in New York a lot. Yeah, exactly. That's, see, games these have, are the, the comparisons I'm drawing. Games have two halves. Yeah, two of them. Gets them every time. Allegedly, you should play in both. That's what I found well, no, out. No, no, that's true. It's, it's not a legend. Yeah, I, I think it's smart. The jury came back. Yeah? It's true. Yeah, okay, good. Guilty. 
But yes, that, to, there's a picture on the internet of me wearing an Ohio State shirt. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. You know who took that photo? You did. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers to that. I like <laughs> contributing to your shame, yeah, public I, or otherwise. I saw your little beady eyes light up when I put that shirt on. Uh, I didn't even know that was going to happen. I was so <laughs> pleased. I was having such a nondescript day. Oh, Alex shame. <laughs> yeah, I was on board. I, didn't, I did not know that was going to happen, and it happened in front of me. I have been a good boy this year. Yeah. I think that's what that, that means. Yeah. That living right. Yeah. Living right. Living large. Yeah. Colon, the Jeff Ross story. Yeah. You know who else is living large? Didier Drogba. Not bad for a Not segue. bad at all, Jeff. Not bad. In case How about you were... this? Sorry, go ahead. How about this? Yeah. You're a big name signing. Congrats, by the way, Alex. You're a big name signing. Yeah. Thank you. And you got some garbage minutes. It was okay, mm-hmm. right? But this is this is your home game, right? You're gonna get the full game. You show up. What would be acceptable performance? Big name. Your big name. Big name. Oh, big score money. a goal, right? Yeah, score a goal. That's great. You have a great day if you That's score a goal. That's a great day. You yeah. Score a goal. Home crowd goes nuts. Yeah, that's a great day. It is. He scored three gingers, and Not it was Alex. a perfect hat trick. Oh, it was beautiful. One with the left foot, one with the right foot, and one with the head. That is why he's a Chelsea legend. Yeah. And an Ivory Coast legend. He's just that good. And I will say this, because we mock Montreal many a podcast. Mm-hmm. People are showing up for these games just for this. So they came to the other one. They sold out the other one where he played some garbage minutes. Nothing happened, right? Yeah. They came to this one, also a sellout. They got a hat trick. You they're come coming back. back. They're coming back. You exactly. come back. And that's what you want when you sign a Didier Drogba. I mean, I'm not going to belittle his goal-scoring prowess because clearly it was on display against Chicago. But I think it's a lesser you're still, in, you're still in a league where you need to get people to come to the games. You know? Yeah. The Cubs were terrible for 100 years and people always were there. You yeah. know? Didn't matter. So you, you still need... To get that tradition started in families to where, like, I've always gone to a Montreal Impact game. I know the Montreal Impact traced back to USL days and other previous leagues, but the MLS team is not quite four years old. Mm-hmm. There is no history. They haven't done anything. Right, exactly. So the loyalty a local fan does or does not have, it's got to be pretty thin. got to be pretty thin. So the advantage... That they have in the Cascadia region is those teams all go back to the 70s. Right. So people have been following these teams their whole life. Your dad was a fan of this team. Mm-hmm. And also those cities all hate each other. Yeah. That's why they show up. The advantage LA has is they win. That's pretty easy. You win. You're like the Yankees. That gets people to show up. Yeah. You know, Here are these other teams... It's tougher. Let's look at let's look at briefly. I know we have to talk about this game, but very briefly, uh, the New York Red Bulls who are having a great season, potentially statistically speaking, the best season they've ever had. Yeah, a hundred percent they are. Attendance is middling at best. It is, and you know that sort of plays into what I was going to say here a minute ago about uh, Montreal and that you know the attacking talent was already there. They were already playing fun to watch soccer before Drogba got there. You know, there, there were six players in this game that had more than two shots. So, I mean, it's, it's, there was a huge attacking uh, force going forward for Montreal. 
but it's the name that gets people in the stadium. You know, the the team had already, frankly, deserved to have support, just as most of the teams, you know, save a few in the league. You know, you have a few ownership groups who don't want to spend money. They don't want to put an attacking team on the field. Is this your push for Chicago ownership? I'm buying the Chicago Fire. Nice. Get excited, Chicago Fire I think you guys should be really excited. Uh, So my thing is, obviously this is a, a watershed moment for Montreal. Does it hold a candle to the Azteca final? No. No. Which also got people to show it up. It did. I, they've got to figure out how to captivate that town on a weekly basis and get people in there all the time. You need people to show up when you're playing, well, Chicago, frankly. You need yeah. people to show up when you're playing Columbus, when you're playing, uh, you're playing FC Dallas. Like you, right. You're playing these teams that don't necessarily have a huge name on them. Like You don't have a big opponent. Playing L.A., playing e- any New York team, Playing Toronto, big rivalry game. Yeah, people should show up, mm-hmm. but they have to show up for all the games, you know. Yeah. And, that, and that's tough when you're new and you're in a city that has options. Montreal's a real town. Like that's it that's, is. Yeah, it's not. It's not like there's nothing to do there. Right. You have you, competition all the time for people's hearts. Yeah, all the time. Now, couple the result of this match mm-hmm. with other results over the weekend, including. Seattle t- 2, Toronto FC 1, New England 3, Orlando City 0. That one hurts. It for does Orlando. for Orlando. It really for does. England, uh, and Columbus 0, FC Dallas 3 at Mapfire. That's what I like calling it. <laughs> I like calling it Mapfire. That's totally wrong. All these things now mean that the bottom five teams in the Eastern Conference are separated by four points. And one of those teams will go to the playoffs. Because at this point, TFC is now six points uh, ahead of the sixth-place team. New England Revolution are nine points ahead of the sixth-place team. But Montreal Impact, despite all the games in hand, only have a one-point advantage over Philly, two over Orlando, three over NYCFC, and four over the Fire. It's anybody's east. It really is. And let's look at points per game for a second. Yeah. Everybody else except for those bottom teams doing at least 1.4 points a game. Yeah. Right, that's going to be good enough. You'll get in the playoffs as long as you can maintain your form for the next few games, and it really is only a handful. Here Don Garber says everybody gets in the playoffs, so that's fine. <laughs> you know, it's only a, it's only a handful more games. It's, it's it's a few teams away from a participation trophy. Stop. <laughs> I will say this: like DC United, I don't believe somehow they're going to have a, a massive. No, fall, of course not. Right? No, uh, or, no, no, or New York Red Bulls, I don't believe it. Also, you owe me seven hundred thousand mm. dollars. But yeah, yeah, start cashing out in your life insurance policy, mm. uh, which. It's not worth seven hundred. No, not even close. No, for a fact. Um, I was talking about with Dixie when we were planning to murder you. Turned out you were not worth very much. Thanks. Montreal one point two nine. Everybody else one point zero something. Yeah. Who who wants to go? Like that's that's my question here. Like who of these teams truly wants to go to the playoffs? Is it Montreal? They're already above the red line. Drogba can score. Right, you can get things done. You know, it's, Philly. I just don't believe in them. Sorry, Philly. I know you're only a point out. I don't believe in it. I, you know, the thing. The thing about a lot of these teams is that you have teams with very different mantras in terms of how they play soccer. You know, you have Montreal who have conceded a pretty low amount of goals this season. They're like fourth in the East in goals allowed. But then you have a team like NYCFC who have scored a ton of goals. Oh yeah, 
but also allowed a, a, a fair amount. You know, the thing, the thing that's amazing about Orlando is that their overall goal differential, I believe, is the worst. Yes, the worst in the league, and they're still right in this thing. It's a minus still 17, and they can make the playoffs. Still make the playoffs. It, it's unbelievable how the East has sort of played out. You know, you, you well, have a team. It's not unbelievable. No, but. I'm, I get what you mean. I get why you said that. But it's not truly unbelievable. No. The East has been a garbage fire it for has a while. Been. Yeah. For a while. But in the preseason, I really thought both Orlando and New York were going to make it. And at this point, it's going to be tough for both of them, but only one of them can. At this point, realistically, yes. I know mathematically it's still open for everyone, but I really think only one of those teams has a shot. And right now, Orlando's in the driver's seat, believe it or not. They are. You know, I mean, when you look at the schedules, a lot of teams still have some some tougher games to play, uh, including uh, Toronto FC. Um, now, they have probably... Um, an easy, the easiest stretch in the next few games, but then they they finish at let's see at home against New York, at home against Columbus, and at Montreal. Um, none of those games are automatic. But you compare that to Orlando City's schedule, and Orlando, their their um, last little slate involves SKC, the Red Bulls. But that's it, really. They play Montreal, they play NYCFC, they play Philly, and they play Chicago. So it's it's and those are all East teams. They are all East teams. You you got to get points from teams in the East. You do, and, and you know then you look at NYCFC. NYCFC has to go at Dallas. They have Toronto at home. Um, they have this is the best Toronto team that I've ever seen. Oh, far and away, yeah. And then now they that, have, a they, lot of that is because they've been terrible. <laughs> they still have to go at DC, at uh, Orlando City, and then they finish home against New England. Gingers, I don't know if you know this, but little Alex Gibbler <laughs> may be going down to Orlando. I might be, yeah. For that I'm game. toying with that idea, yes. If you see him, because I won't be there, Gingers, all right? I, I can't be bothered. If you see him, <laughs> slap him in the mouth. Thank you. I don't know why that... Slap him right in the mouth. Uh, I really want someone to do it just to see what kind of power I have. <laughs> Jeff told me to do it. Yeah. Some kid who runs Some away. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, you did good, kid. Proud of you. Show him who's boss. I'm going to be in L.A. Oh, that same weekend. You. Are you going to go to the... I'm getting tickets this weekend. Stubby Hub? Who are they okay. playing? You can't, you can't call it that. Stub Stubs? Oh, wow. Wow. Rim Tim, Timmy Jim Stub Hub? Yes, that one's acceptable. <laughs> uh, they're playing Portland. Oh, playing that's going to be exciting. It's going to be a good game. Nice. All right, cool. I'm going to get my Gio Dos Santos jersey and now, fool out of myself. Those gingers out there who are like, wait a minute, why are they talking about MLS when the U.S. Men's National Team? Okay. I'm trying fir- to ignore it. The first, fi- uh, yeah. I'm trying to ignore that it even happened. Yeah. Well, first we beat Peru. We'll spend, Our dreaded rival, Peru. Yeah, we'll spend a couple minutes talking about that. Josie out the door, you know. Great game. Josied. You know, got two goals. Miss hit a goal, bizarre fashion. Had his penalty saved and got lucky, and it came right to him. That's very Josie, who is climbing the all-time scorer list. That's amazing. He is scoring at the same rate of as American greats. This is the rate that Landon Donovan was scoring. It just looked like it looks so ugly. It's awful, but he gets goals. I don't know how else to say it. He gets goals. I, I don't know. They're so hideous. He's a blunt instrument. 
You know what? Sometimes you need a two by four. You right? do. Sometimes he, you need a two the, by four. Um, he's a two by four. Uh, he is the sort of the uh, hacksaw Jim Duggan of <laughs> what a reference. <laughs> of what our, a reference. Team. You're too happy about that. But and so things, you know, we were somewhat confident. It, you know, the, the, the showing as Peru wasn't great, but it wasn't no, bad. It wasn't. Um, you know, we we had times where we created. Um, and so, you know, we were somewhat optimistic going into Brazil. Let me tell a brief story. Go ahead. I've been to Gillette Stadium to see the U.S. men's national team play. Oh, that's cool. We played Spain. How did Sold that game go? that thing out. Tons yeah. of folks there. Very excited to see an American team off of a World Cup run. That was a decent World Cup run. Uh-huh. It was a Bob Bradley team. Keep this in mind. We were embarrassed yeah. in America... The capital of the Revolutionary War, Boston, or in this case, Foxborough. Yeah. <laughs> which is not the capital of anything. Yeah. Scored four goals on us, Alex. Mm-hmm. We had none. I remember watching that game. It was horrible. It was. It was and I was not in the great. nosebleeds around some people cheering for Spain. It was terrible. That sounds terrible, awful. Terrible time. So, fast forward. <laughs> Back at Gillette Stadium in yeah. beautiful Foxborough, Massachusetts, which, if you're not from the area, is difficult to get to and out of by any means. With temporary grass. Always a great idea. Yeah. How could that be bad? And that's never gone wrong. No. Temporary grass. Playing a Brazil that hasn't played very Brazil-like lately. But you know they still have Neymar on this team, right? They have this guy named Neymar. He's pretty good. Hulk's um, still on this team. Yeah. Let's well, let, let's 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 just say what happened. We we got we got murdered here. We got murdered in America again. Four goals against, and one for the red, white, and blue. A beautiful goal from Danny Williams, who, as far as I'm concerned, can keep his job. The rest of you, hang him up. Work at a grocery store. Which is a legitimate job. Don't get me wrong. Any gingers who work at the grocery store. (laughs) Not mean to insult you. Legitimate job. Yeah. Here's the thing. Worked retail for years. There are so many threads that come out of this game uh, for me. Um, Well, let's get started. I mean, so a lot has been made Mm -hmm. about Jurgen Klinsmann's experiments, if you will, as to, you know, what's the correct lineup, what's the correct position for some players. Uh, the back line, who's going to be the back line? Um, you know, we have a big, very important game coming up very soon. Oh, do we? In the Rose Bowl against Mexico, the winner of which plays in the Confederations Cup. It's called the CONCACAF Cup, apparently. That's a rather, is that what we're calling yeah, it? It is, apparently. Oh. It's a rather bland name, but That's hey, we could, oh, right, it's fine. exciting. It's cool. I... I'm frankly shocked that the experiments are still ongoing. If I'm looking at this match, I'm looking at a chance to play more or less the team that you're going to throw against Mexico and stress test it. Put it in the fire. See how they react together. Because I'm hoping that Jurgen Klinsmann does not honestly want to play Alejandro Bedoya at defensive midfielder. He does not honestly want to play Jeff Cameron at right back. He does not, frankly, think that, no offense to Jermaine Jones, still has the legs to play at this level. He's been hurt, and that has hurt him. He's not at 100%. He's not at 100%. And 
he's a type of guy who his legs are such that he needs to be to be effective. He plays the destroyer role, although he's been roaming a lot more forward. Jurgen Klinsmann is very confusing from yeah. the outside looking in. Very, very confusing. I would have to agree with Alex Kibler and make a note of this, Gingers, because it's so rare. It is. I'm also surprised that we're experimenting this close to a major game. Oh, it's a huge, huge, huge game. game. I agree that I would expect to see basically, maybe save for one or two players, the team you intend to play against Mexico in the formation you intend to play them. And these games should be those warm-up reps. You know, let's get out there. Let's play against a real opponent so we can be ready to play Mexico. This whole year has been a lot of weird, uh, maybe I shouldn't say weird, but uh, unusual call-ups, unusual positioning at a time where at this point, I mean, we've got, let's look beyond this game. I know it's hard. Let's look beyond the Mexico game we have coming up. Yeah. We have Olympic qualifying coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. We have World Cup qualifying coming up. Very soon. Why are we still like a team that doesn't look like we know who we're playing? But this is the part that always gets me about Jurgen Klinsmann. Here's a fun fact. He has the highest winning percentage of any U.S. head coach. And he's beaten the Ever. Netherlands in he's Netherlands. Amsterdam. He's beaten Italy in Italy. He's beaten Germany, Germany in Germany. And the U.S. And the United States. He's beaten... Huge names. Yeah. He has had impossible victories. He's gotten play out of players. Remember that game where Tim Howard had like 16 saves? Now, many would argue he shouldn't have been in the position to have to do right. 16 saves. But he could do it. And that's why I. it's so hard for me to go 100% into Jurgen Klinsmann's trash. It's so hard for me to do that. But I totally understand why people do. I'm not I trying totally to say that he's trash. I'm not claiming you are, but a lot of people do. Yeah. And and I, I get why. But you fall back on this history and what he's able to do. It makes me wonder if he's some sort of mad scientist we just don't understand. Well, we're just We're just not smart enough. One of these days, I mean, Michael Orozco and Ventura Alvarado are going to have these incredible games. I'm like, oh, hey, Jurgen was right all along. But it's hard to see it's from hard here. To see. That but you know what, Bobby line, Wood? That happened for him. He like was a Bobby Wood fan, that's, that's and then very Bobby, true. Fo- Bobby Wood happened. Jordan Morris was called up. That was bizarre. And he's a stud. He's a stud. Jordan Morris is the player that Joey Z. Altador thinks he is. Ooh, hot take. Josie needs to lose some weight. Josie needs to lose some weight. He's he too weight. big and too physical, and he, frankly, he can't run like Jordan Morris can run. If he lost some weight, he still could. Yeah. Still could. Josie's a young man, despite all the teams he's played for and all of the, the professional experience he has. He's like 25. He reminds me of Gimli. Wow. The dwarf. From Lord, From of, the Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Uh, You're fired. He's stout. He's a stocky man. Stocky. It's not stout. Stout implies short. Josie Altador is probably like 6'3". Yeah. He's built like a, you know, a, a brick. linebacker. You know, he's a I big mean, guy. Yeah. But he's a little too big, I think. And I think that's why he has these like recurring hamstring injuries and stuff like that. I think it's a little too big. But Jurgen will find these people. Jordan Morris is one of these people. Bobby Wood is one of these people. There's a lot of these people. Danny Williams apparently knows how to play. Remember when no one knew he knew how to play? 
That yeah. was that long ago. And I scored a couple of absolutely fantastic goals recently. It was amazing. This that goal one was goal. ridiculous. Oh, he he it nearly went through the net. Gingers, if you have been under a rock and you haven't seen the 91st-minute goal from Danny Williams against Brazil, that ball was hit about as hard and pure as you'll ever see a, a soccer ball. There was no way to stop that. No. It was hit completely without spin. The thing was knuckling in the air. Ugh. It hit it a million miles an hour. I felt bad for the Brazilian keeper. Yeah. Like, you have no shot. You yeah. have no shot. You play this, this amazing game. Clean sheet the whole way. It's 91st. You're about to walk out of here. And he just... Oh, Danny Williams. Redding. Place for Redding. For yeah. now. Well, now, so here's, here's something that a lot of people have been saying. And... Talking about all these, the, the talent that we have available to us brings up a point. Um, a lot of people have been rightfully saying, "Hey, we don't, we don't, we can't play at the talent level. We don't have the personnel that a Brazil has." A lot of these players that they brought on play for teams that you may have heard of, like Barcelona, I've Bayern Munich. I've heard of the city Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it's great there. Um, so it's cert- there certainly is a talent disparity there. But that is not an excuse for not putting your best team forward against a team like Brazil. You cannot tell me that that back line is the best that we have to offer no, as a country. No, no, absolutely not. That is not the best back line. So I, I, I'm willing to give Jurgen a pass only because I think he clearly understands what he has in certain players. I think Fabian Johnson will be the right back. I think um, uh, Demarcus Beasley will be also playing fullback against uh, Mexico. I think Beasler's at this point probably a lock. I mean, the other center back spot might be up in the I air. I always like Beasler. I know people I give like him a him lot too. of crap, but like, now he's healthy. I think he's 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 doing really well. Also, maybe I'm too much of a nerd, but that long throw in he can do. Yeah. Oh, it's totally a weapon. It's like an extra corner kick. Yeah. I, Anyway, I'm no, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I very much agree with you. Um, so my thing is too, though. You see where this team is still raw. Bobby Wood looked completely out of his element on the left wing. Frankly, he's in the wrong place. He's not a well. Anyway, guys, DeAndre Yedlin looked completely out of his element on the right wing after looking pretty good against Peru. Um, his touch is not what it needs to be to, be to play midfield full-time. It just isn't. Um, so you, you struggle to find a place for a guy like DeAndre Yedlin, who basically is fast and nothing else. Mm, politely disagree, but I understand what you're trying to get at. In that he has strength as his far and away best. Excuse me, his speed. biggest strength is that he's fast. Yeah. Um, doesn't have a great touch, doesn't have great passing ability. He had about 10 or 15 passes picked off in that game against Brazil. Brief sidebar. Yeah. We were talking about DeAndre Yedlin maybe a podcast or two ago. Yeah. About where he sh- should he be in the field. And, and we were talking about that maybe he isn't really a defensive player. But this showed that, yeah, he is. Yeah, exactly. That's, that actually is where he needs to be. Yes. Um because he can he can change a game just due to his speed, and he can break away, and that forces the other team to react. He's built in a for way. an overlapping run from the from the right back position. Exactly, that's how he's made and as a human being. <laughs> so many bizarre thoughts, but but I get what you mean. I get what you mean. Um, now we've seen it. We've seen him in the midfield, and it, you're right. His accuracy isn't there. Touch isn't there. He's not useful enough in the midfield. Right. I, you need a better passer in the midfield. Mm-hmm. 
You need a better you need a better general in the midfield. You need yeah. a, you need a second Michael Bradley is what you need in the midfield. Who are we playing against Mexico? Who's coming in? I have in? no idea. I have no idea. Who are we bringing if in? You, if you're doing it based on form. Who do we bring in? I think Danny Williams has a right to be there. Doesn't he? I feel like he does. He's been the best center mid that we've had in a while. Although I would say in very limited action, Mixed Discarude continues to play well for the United States and not that well for uh, NYCFC. It's unbelievable. I'm really curious about NYCFC's offseason. Yeah, we'll find out the hard way, but yeah. uh, I, I, I'm curious about what they're doing. I don't think they're moving Mix because you wouldn't be able to get much for him. Yeah. Um, but I think we'll see some surprising changes. But anyway, continue your thought. Um, and once again, I think I think the back line has got to involve Johnson, Beasler, and Demarcus Beasley. Now, I love run DMB. Me too. Now, the fourth center back, that's going to be a question mark. Michael Bradley, the wait, question wait, wait. becomes where they're going to play him. Yeah, well, you know what? I I know people argue about this. You got to play him uh, in the. He's a center. He's a center midfielder. He is, but he's not a number ten. He's. He, he, I get it, but he's not useful elsewhere. He's just not useful elsewhere. You put him in the center because he is better at coordinating his fellow midfielders. Oh, I agree with you, but I don't think he should play as far forward as he was no, playing no, no, against no, Brazil. No, no. I would put him almost just literally in the center of the field. Yeah. Like, he's not a defensive midfielder. You have, uh, really, that's more of a Kyle Beckerman role. Frankly. Yeah. You just have him right in the middle of the field somehow. And I know that's easier said than done. But playing him forward doesn't work because he's not that great up there. But right in the middle, he can, he can coordinate his entire midfielding team. He's good at getting his defensive players to get him service, then he can get service to your Josie Altidores of the world who can't make their own chances. Sorry, Josie. Who can't make their own chances, but are really good, ugly or not, really good at finishing just right in front of the goal. This is also a Wondolowski thing. You know, you say that, but then he's Look at his goals, though. Look at his goals. Look at his numbers. It's hard for me to Look at watch those numbers. how he played against Peru and how he played against Brazil and be like, oh, yeah, but he scores a lot of goals. But he, he does. But he does. What I would say is a competent striker would have finished that penalty without needing the rebound from the save. Fair. A competent striker would not have completely whiffed on a perfect cross from DeAndre Edlin against Brazil. That's true. Completely whiffed. That's true. I really would have preferred to see Clint Dempsey in this game. I sent you a text message that says, I'm so ready, and I'm going to say it out loud on the podcast, I am so ready for the Josie Altidore is automatically in the team era to be over. I'm so ready for it. Because one thing that I will give Jurgen Klinsmann Klinsmann credit for, Gingers, is that the overall technical level of the United States team has increased dramatically. For 10 people, not 11, and the 11th is Josie Altidore. He is a blunt instrument in a team that is now trying to play crisp attacking football out of the back. This is not a lump it forward, sort of let's play the long ball type of team anymore. They're just not. So he stands out at this point like a sore thumb when he has players around him like a mixed disc route, Bobby Wood, Jordan Morris. Players that have better touch than Josie Altidore has. He's a freak athlete. He's a freak. <laughs> but that gets you only so far. Well, it gets you climbing the all-time scoring list for yes. the U.S. men's national team. It gets you scoring at a pace of many greats 
for the U.S. men's national team. You can't deny the numbers. I understand no, of course you can. I understand the frustrations. Hey, I get frustrated with Josie all the time. Toronto FC gets frustrated with Josie. But when it's on, it's on. When it's on, you like can't stop. He's like a freight train. And also because you mentioned text messages, I'm now reading text messages that you have sent me. You love saying the word cool. I, it comes up a lot. I try to be cool, so yeah, I feel like well, if I say it... Uh, my girlfriend's behind you shaking her head no. Well, she would know. She knows you better than I do. She's just filled with regret. Speaking of Josie out the door, we have a, an email from a first-time emailer named Joe. He's Joe! a sound, Sounders fan. He says, Is this our coworker? Hey, Joe? guys. Uh, no. Hey, guys. In the last pod, it was mentioned that Toronto doesn't need Josie. Then I would like to get your opinion on this trade idea. So he, he proposes a trade here. Proposes a trade. Kyle Laren to Toronto FC. For who? Josie to Sporting Kansas City. Dom Dwyer to Orlando. Now, there's also a lot of uh, TAM and allocation money moving around here. So, Kyle, uh, Toronto sends 150000 of TAM back to Orlando. Oh, this guy did his research. I don't think Kyle Aaron is worth that. And more importantly, the last part here, Dom Dwyer to Orlando sends Orlando sends 50000 of allocation. There's no reason for Sporting Kansas City to accept that because they're not going to spend that kind of money on a player like Josie Altidore. They're two on the floor as a team. To play a, a player like Josie Altador. But, you know, the, the point that he makes is a good one. Laren goes back home. D- Dwyer goes back to Orlando. Josie goes to a team that could use a target striker and less pressure on him to score. And with the service of Benny and Zussi, will excel. That's to, yeah, well, no, we'll see. I, I, I'm going to go with Laren moving to Toronto will allow Bradley and Javinko to mold a great young striker. And frankly, he's not, he plays a type of football that would fit better with them. That's not him saying that, it's me saying that. Uh, Dwyer would come back to a place where he started his goal-scoring form, and Kaká gets an experienced striker to aid him. Here's the thing. I think that all sounds tremendous on paper. Well, but I also think it sounds good more. if you just get rid of Josie Altidore and just substitute some other striker for Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> I don't... Josie uh, Altidore is not worth the wages that he is being paid in this country, period. He's not. I'm a, I'm a Josie fan. He can score a dramatic goal when he wants to. But he has squandered so many chances as a forward for the men's national team and, frankly, as a forward for Toronto. He's not consistent enough to be paid what he's paid. On the topic of these proposed trades. Anyway, sorry. Thank you, Joe, for your email. Thank you very much. Which are fascinating, and on paper they do work pretty well. I just don't see Orlando giving Kyle Laren up unless they got Dom Dwyer directly. Yeah, now that I could I actually see. Like, I, I, could, I could see them doing that as a straight trade. I could see that. I could see them doing that. One, there's this persistent rumor that Dom Dwyer actually wants to go back to Orlando. Yeah. That, that's, it, 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 it comes up, it's always an aside in an article, and then gets immediately dismissed, but it seems to keep coming up, which leads me to believe there's got to be something there why does it keep getting talked about? And even Orlando's head coach, Adrian Heath, mentioned it and then got fined for mentioning it. But he brought it up in some press conference. Uh, got some fine for tampering. I, If they're going to make the trade, that's the trade you do. One, I think I think Orlando's actually very happy with Kyle Laren. They'd rather oh, keep yeah. him. Oh, yeah. How could you He's not He's a young be? man, scoring very well, still raw. He'll get better. Yeah. He's going to get a lot better. And he's good now so uh, i would think orlando would want to keep him but if they're going to give him up for anybody it's straight for dom dwyer and if dom dwyer in orlando next to kaka there's a lot of goals being scored mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of goals being scored. You think Kyle Lahren's doing well there? Tom Dwyer would just be killing it. Also, a lot of frustrating misses. Yes. Because he just shoots all the time. Yeah, but he's a, he's a freak athlete, though, too. And they love him down in Orlando. He has that Not young the... Charlie Davies thing about him where, like, him. you just see him running, latching onto a ball, and, and you're like, the sky's the limit for this kid. I could see, like, I could see that. I could see that happening. Back to the game a little bit here. Okay. I thought we had given up. Danny Williams, over the last six months has gone from a complete and total afterthought on this team oh, yeah. no to all of a sudden looking almost indispensable mm-hmm. in the midfield. Got to play him. If he's healthy, you got to play him. Who then do you... Because he, if you're still going to say that Kyle Beckerman is your number one DM, which is a bold statement because he hasn't got a lot of call-ins. He's an old guy. Danny Williams, and on a current RSL team that's, that's not, doing, not good. It's not doing well. I'm excited what Danny Williams brings to the team. He's much more athletic than Beckerman. Um, He's more willing to bomb forward than Beckerman. He's not as good at reading the play as Kyle is, but who is? Well, why does it have to be straight uh, Kyle for Danny Williams? It doesn't. It doesn't. Why don't we send Mix home? Because I think Mix had a better game than... Like Michael Bradley even had in this game against Brazil in limited keep, minutes. I, I, I gotta keep Michael. I gotta keep oh, Michael of course Bradley. you do. I have. To, I have to have Michael Bradley as long as Michael, Michael Bradley, Bradley is healthy. I gotta play. Him. Michael Bradley, his best is the best player that we may have ever had as a country mm. when he's on his game mm. and playing the best. No, respectfully disagree. Are you gonna say Landon Donovan? Of course I am. I don't know. I, I think of the I flashes from Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley, Michael Bradley are brighter than than maybe even the brightest flashes of Landon. But no. Landon was so much more consistent. No, so I have to go with Landon Donovan for the best we've ever produced because he came. I'm not in. saying he's the best player we've ever produced. I think that's Landon Donovan. But I'm saying Michael Bradley when he is having one of his masterful performances. He's playing passes that Landon Donovan would never have seen. I'm sorry. It's just true. Uh, Michael Bradley has better vision on the field. Yes. Landon Donovan played on some pretty terrible U.S. teams. He did. And made magic happen. He did. He was a, he was a tremendous individual uh, soccer the player. Fact the first true win. great soccer player that we've ever produced. And the fact that he came into being at the time that he did yeah. makes no sense. That's like, a good point. Like, when he got into the national team, when he started really playing and making a name for himself, it's at a period of time where, like, the U.S. national team was nothing. Yeah, it was nothing. We were nothing. And this, and this kid was European quality. Mm-hmm. He really was. His whole career. Yeah. I'm still kind of – I still think he retired prematurely. But I do, too. story for another time. Though he went out a champion, I get it. I get it. But I – if, if, if. Yeah. He if. laced him up. Yeah. Right, putting on my Donovan ten, and I'm screaming for him. Right? Oh, if he lifts them up right now, I still think he's better than a lot of guys who are playing regularly. Of course he is. Him coming out of retirement immediately, oh, I'd go nuts. He'd have to get minutes. You got to put him out there. Come on, it's not gonna happen. Not I gonna do happen. want to briefly mention the ticket price fiasco. Oh, so uh, Gingers, if you saw this game, you may have noticed that Gillette Stadium seats sixty thousand plus, and there were literally five people. At this game, one of them was my friend Jack. <laughs> it's awful lonely in there with very Jack lonely. and four Jack, other people. Four other people. <laughs> they were seated very far. far yeah, apart. yeah, yeah. You may have wondered how is Brazil U.S. 
in Massachusetts, which has a large Brazilian community, and of course, a large American community, because it's America. How did they not fill that stadium? They filled it for Spain. What happened, Alex Kibler? Well, I don't know, but I will tell you... <laughs> That's your answer. I don't know. But I will also say that Brazil, I don't believe, sold out their game at Red Bull Arena either. I think they only sold about 19,000 tickets. And I don't know anything about the ticket prices for that match. The ticket prices for the USA-Brazil match were astronomical. The cheapest ticket was like $78 or something. That's ridiculous. It's Soccer is still a small-time thing in this country. People are not going to build their entire fall schedule around coming to see the Brazil-friendly. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, it's not a competitive match. No, exactly. So for me, you need to get people in those seats. You, you, price, you can say 40 or 50 people would go. 78, that's, that's an absolute joke of a price for a soccer game in the United States. It just is. Um, so what I would say is if this pressure is coming from the Brazilian national team, does it really benefit them? to have a half-empty stadium watch them play soccer just to get, you know, 20 more bucks per ticket on those. No. It was a bad plan. I think so, too. It's a bad plan. You could have had, an, you know, a full-to-the-brim stadium if you made those tickets affordable. If you made them affordable, you would have sold another, like, 40,000 tickets. Yeah, yeah. That would have made up the difference by far, just making them cheaper. So you hope that, you know, going forward, as... Um, I was about to say Don Garber, as Suno Galati, you know, continues to sort of find these uh, friendlies for us, that they sort of learn a little something from this. We can have one of the best home field advantages in all of international soccer. Um, we have a very rowdy, passionate fan base, more so for our national team than I think a lot of other nations. There's yeah. a lot of crazy ultras and passionate fans for club teams in Europe, especially yeah, we, in Eastern Europe. We go crazy for our national But we go team. crazy for the Yanks. I mean, we go crazy. So that should be a lesson to be learned there, I think. Yeah, they're not going to pay those kind of ticket prices, though. They're just not. Yeah. They watch it on TV. It's better on TV anyway. Yeah. Now, some rumors were coming out of rumors. England recently, last couple of days. You know we fought two wars against We them. did. I think we won. Uh... And the gist of the rumors is that everyone's favorite, the summer MLS friendly, hey, will be f- taking a new format, huh? And that there might be a tournament between Premier League and MLS teams. Jeff, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I'm part of the problem. Meaning, I would go see this. Oh, I would too. Are you I serious? I would go see this. Yeah, of course. I would definitely go see this. It would answer that very childlike thought problem of, well, where do these teams stack up against, against each other? Against yeah. each other. And yeah, there's these, you know, piecemeal friendlies that happen. But if it was a tournament and there was something worth winning there, it'd be interesting to see what it is. Now, here's the very, very fair criticism. How is, does this benefit anybody from a playing standpoint? Now, if you're an EPL team, it's your preseason. We, yeah. you got to get your reps in there, get some young players. I get it. If you're yeah, an MLS you can, team... You can go you know, up the road 20 miles and play a preseason yeah, game. You, oh, the reason you come to the United States, marketing. 100%. 100% marketing. You, you come here, we're going to sell some tickets, because the United States, as a marketplace, is not saturated like England is. You are born into being a Manchester United fan, and you'll always be a Manchester United fan, and your kids will be, but that means there's no growth for Manchester United to have for fans. They're already claimed in the UK. But I can go to the United States where 
Maybe you liked watching a Chelsea game, but maybe you can become a Tottenham supporter because you have no emotional connection to this at all. Right. You can be an anybody fan. You could be a, someone who loves Sunderland and loves Bayern Munich and loves uh, Paris Saint-Germain. You could, you, could, you could love all those teams because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But for them, those are dollars. If you love those teams, you'll watch it on TV. If you watch it on TV, we as a league are going to get more money from the North American broadcast rights. Because people are going to watch it. Mm -hmm. But the only way we can get you to watch this team is if this team shows up. Because you don't know anything about this team. You're not going to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning to watch a team from a city you've never heard of or never been to. It's not going to happen. And this is especially hard if you're not an English-speaking team. But if you are an English-speaking team, by that I mean you're from an English-speaking nation. I don't care what your players actually speak. That doesn't matter. It is in your best interest to expand your marketplace. Because otherwise, you can't compete with Manchester United, who has infinite money. Mm -hmm. You can't compete with Manchester City, who also has infinite money. Chelsea as well. If you're anybody below that, you've got to find those dollars someplace. Yeah, 100% you do. And you're going to have to find them overseas. So that's why you come. But if you're an MLS team, this is the most inconvenient thing ever. See, I think there is... A reason from a marketing perspective to do this if you're the MLS. Apparently, a lot of people have been tuning in to MLS matches in England. They come on at a fun time. It's an yeah. evening game, which is yeah. rare in England, actually. Yeah. Most games are played games. either at 12 or 2 p.m. They're day games. Um, and so it's sort of it's, it's pub background TV for these people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you can make headway, maybe not with people you know, going out and spending four or $500 on merch, but make headway with people getting MLS teams in the public consciousness of a football crazy nation like England. Um, there are people who actually really follow it. The the Football Ramble podcast, an English soccer podcast that I love listening to, did like 12 minutes on MLS the other day. Um, people are taking notice of this. And so I think not only is it good you know, for your local community to, to bring in a big name, uh, to your stadium, sell it out, probably lose. But well, that depends the on who they bring. Thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the other thing. So in recent history, MLS teams have actually done quite well against EPL teams. Yeah, except it, for like Manchester United, who always kills us. Everybody else seems to be able to beat, and that may be worth something. To take your point a little bit further, I know you presented it as a foreign interest, but it's also a domestic interest. If you can say, well, we can beat Chelsea because we did, yeah. Like, here it is. Uh, Red Bulls beat Arsenal. Like, you beat Arsenal. Yeah. Like, it just happened. Like, that, and you can that, say, that Arsenal. <laughs> and you can always say, like, oh, that wasn't their A team, and it wasn't. No. But you still beat them. A team named Arsenal lost to you. And that does have value to the fan in the U.S. who knows about these foreign teams and thinks MLS is garbage. It's like, well, if they're garbage, how can they get wins? Like, how can they get wins if they're garbage? The other piece, Alex Kibler, to go on your side. When you come up to Steven Gerrard, you come up to Gio Dos Santos, you come up to whoever, right, that you're trying to get to play for, I don't know, Seattle. Let's uh, pick a team, mm-hmm. uh, any team. Not only is the whole stadium going to scream your name, right, you're, you're still going to play against top competition. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get harassed on the street because this is not the major sport here. Right. You're going to get paid millions of dollars. It's a safe country. You're, you can raise a family here. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of benefits if 
you're an MLS team and you're playing against these European teams, like we're still gonna we're still gonna play Juventus. We're still gonna play whoever. I don't know. Pick whoever you want. There is some value there from a getting foreign player standpoint. Because mm-hmm. you can't offer European Champions League. That's not possible. It's a small semblance of prestige. It's very small, but it is something. But it is there. It is something. It's real. It's tangible. Uh, like the infamous All-Star game we just had. I say infamous because of what happened before it, not the actual game. Which yeah. We won, where it's like, oh, why is Steven Gerrard on this team? He hasn't played a single minute. Right. That was probably part of his contract. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to play in this game. And they said, sure, you're Steven Gerrard. Yeah, of course you are. <laughs> of course you are. And then he ended up being injured or whatever and couldn't do it. Um, but as a fan, I mean, as an NYCFC fan, I would love it to see them play oh, yeah. Chelsea or... And if we look, Gingers, at the players that are now in this league, an MLS all-star team, a true one, we have the best of the best of the league. Not the fan vote, just the literal, statistically, the best players in every position. They're all giant names. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're quite good. They're giant names. And if you put them together, you're like, I, I'm not saying it would win a league in Europe. Well, depends on the league. And they wouldn't win a major league. But they, they'd give a lot of teams a run for their money. Yeah. They'd do pretty well. So, yeah, they, they'd be old. That would be the bad part. They would be. They'd be an old team. But they'd be good. They'd be really good. Yeah. 100%. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't have as negative of a perception of these summer friendlies as some people do. Mm-hmm. So I'm all about this. I think it'd be a positive. And this is the one thing, and I keep, I keep hitting this nail, keep hammering on this time and time again. I do enjoy the summer. I go. I'm part of the problem. I pay, I pay for these tickets. Yeah. I watch on TV. I, I am the problem. But MLS doesn't respect international dates <sighs> again and again and again. But, meanwhile, we have all-star games, we have these international friendlies, we have bye weeks, just bye weeks, you just don't play. On a random week, you just yeah. don't play. That, that's truly ridiculous. Yeah, that one's the strangest of them all. It's like, why is it that That there week? are international breaks, and then you just said, nah, man, I'm just going to take this other week off. Yeah, that makes no sense to no. me. Because it's gotten to the point that MLS teams, some of them at least, can get big names, real talent can pay for these guys whether they're american or not they can really get the real talent but you're being punished now by doing that because you're gonna have a game or two or three we're gonna lose half of your team yeah that you also paid a hundred million dollars for yeah and they're gone so what is your motivation if you're the owner of orlando city which this has happened to them multiple times where they'll lose five six players during an international break well, why are we signing these players mm-hmm. we're better off signing a no-name player right he's gonna be cheaper and he's not going to get called up. Right. If you want to encourage MLS to be one of the best teams in the world, I'm sorry, one of the best leagues in the world, you're going to have to do something about those international dates. Something. And I understand that the people who are making these schedules are more than likely far smarter than I am. I'll give them that. <laughs> I'll, give, I'll give them that concession. But they've got to find a way around this. You've got to find a way to, to move these byways. Do something. Got to do something. Ways that you can get in touch with us gingers. Carrier pigeon. I would love it if all of a sudden, like, I was sitting here. I looked over at the air conditioner and just there's a little tap, 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 tap. That'd be amazing. He has, like, a little bottle. A little note in the bottle. Note. 
And it just says War on Alex. <laughs> yeah! Oh, that'd be great. Ways that you can get in touch with us, Ginger's at Straight Red Pod on Twitter. That's the show. Mm-hmm. At Jeff is Famous on Twitter. That's Jeff. At Alex S. Kibler on Twitter. That's me. StraightRedIcloud.com, Straight Red on Facebook, and Straight Red Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Jeff, you know, this is my favorite part of the show. It really is. It's when you get to do that thing, that voodoo that you do so well. Boo. It's now time for quiet time with Jeff. Jeff, what do you have for the lonely gingers this evening? Sometimes, gingers, when you're minding your own business at your place of business. You have never minded your own business. When you're minding your own business <laughs> at your place of business, you're thinking to yourself, this is going to be a nondescript day. Nothing interesting is going to happen. Then all of a sudden, you will be hashtag blessed. When your mortal enemy mm. is being shamed <laughs> right in front of you, you can snap a quick pic of this to live on forever. I Genders, posed for four pictures. Four. Well, you didn't know you were post- posing no. for four pictures, but I took them. <laughs> <laughs> ah, anytime you can shame Alex is a good time. My shame is fuel for you. Go forth and soccer, Gingers. Wait, where is Siggy Schmidt? Where is he? He's sick. Like, sick? He had some health issue. Oh, I hope he's okay. You were going to accuse him of something, and then it got sad. Well, no, I just didn't realize that it was because he was sick. All the things I've seen is, like, he's still out. And I'm like, out what? Yeah, like, he, he pillaging? Missed, <laughs> he missed the game because of health issues. Okay. Which doesn't surprise me, because he is, I'll say it, a fat man. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. He he's is. also weirdly fat. Because if of, you look at him yeah. from here up, he looks normal-sized. Yeah. That he has a giant Santa Claus belly. It's like he's wearing a fat suit. It does. It doesn't look real. Yeah, he looks kind of like the bad guy from Sonic the Hedgehog. Dr. Robotnik. Robotnik. Or uh, Dr. He had another name, like in Dr. other games. Light. No. Or is that the other what? guy? What? Look it up. No, Dr. Light is from Mega Man. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I was thinking of Mega Man. Hang on. Stop doing that. That's really annoying. <laughs> when Mega Man kills a man... He takes his personality and uses it against another victim. Wrap your mind around that. That's wrong and really dark. That's also accurate. (laughs) No. If Mega Man kills, like, uh, you know, Blender Man or something, he'll get that Blender Man power that he can now use against other enemies. It's not, he's not taking, like, he's absorbing their life force, (laughs) taking over their lives, and murdering others. This man must be stopped. He's also a robot called a Mega Man because he's Japanese. Yeah. He was also called Rock Man. Great. <laughs>